Hey guys, it's JJ. I just wanted to go over something real quick before we get started with episode number 84. Um, for those of you who either know me in real life or are friends with me on Facebook, um, or may have just heard somehow uh, through you know one of our outlets or something, a few weeks ago my uh, my father passed away, unfortunately, um, really sudden and unexpected. But uh, you know it's been going about as well as you can imagine. You know when when you go through the the loss of a loved one. Um, it hasn't been easy for my mom and I, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting through it and everything. Um, so I kind of wanted to, he was very, very supportive of me and my love for this show, especially, you know, which meant a lot to me, especially considering he, you know, didn't really, wasn't into video games at all. You know, it was kind of beyond him. Um, but even so, even knowing that, you know, he wasn't into it, he knew that it made me happy. And so he was always very supportive of it. So I really kind of wanted to just throw something together that would, uh, you know, kind of encapsulate how I feel about him and how much his support meant to me when it came to this show. So without any further ado, dedicated to my father, Joe, I present to you episode number 84, Heroes. Everybody, welcome to episode number 84 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast, entitled Heroes. My name is JJ, and I'm here with my good friend Mark. Howdy, y'all! My name is, in fact, Mark, and I am, in fact, here. JJ got both facts correct. I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I'm just that smart. Uh, we're here to talk about video games today, and today, actually, the uh, the theme of the episode is Heroes. We're going to be talking about video game heroes. We got a couple of side heroes. quests. We got uh, a few submissions, not Heroes of the Storm, just Heroes in general. Mark? Heroes of Might and Magic. Just sometimes you make me sad. But other times I don't. But other times you don't. So it's a a good solid mix. (laughs) Where are we going with this? All right. (laughs) What have you been playing? Well, you know, two of the games I've been playing, JJ, because you were there playing them with me. True enough. Uh, first of all, we played Factorio for qu- quite a while. Understatement, um, yes. It's a cool game. There's a lot of potential to the game, but I will recommend if you decide you want to play it, don't play it with people who are already really good at it. Yes. Because you're going to get left behind. You're going to have no idea how to do anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's on Steam. Um Really, really good game, and you can tell right away that the potential there is is phenomenal. Like, you can tell that from the videos. Yeah. Uh, but like, so there were six of us, and we 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 did this big land party for uh, for Mark's brother, and he he had mentioned to us like, hey, if we're gonna play Factorio, everybody should play it a little bit beforehand and get used to it <laughs> and so like that. Mark and I, being the geniuses that we are, ah, we'll wing it. We'll be all right. Don't worry about it's it. It's fine. We hopped in and we like everybody else knew exactly what they were doing, knew exactly what to do, and Mark and I were just like, ah. They're like, okay, we're going to set up the, these quarries, we're going to set up these drillers and this conveyor belt that's going to put all this stuff down into the furnaces, we're going to have the coal power of the furnaces, we're going to refine the metal, we're going to refine it into steel, and then I'm like, uh, oh, so I can set up a conveyor belt, and uh, how do I put stuff on it? And I was basically like, I need, I'm going to get a gun and find stuff to shoot. Yeah. And that was about it. But I mean, like I said, the potential there is is phenomenal, and from what I understand, uh, a couple of uh, the guys were playing it pretty much all night. Yes. So, and we also played um, uh, Pulsar, Pulsar, which is yep. very cool. Pulsar, it's, Lost Colony. Yeah, Lost Colony. It's uh, essentially a five-player multiplayer game where you're in charge of a spaceship and you fly around the universe, mm-hmm. going on little missions. It's kind of like being your own Star trick crew yeah essentially you've got uh, you've got your everybody takes on the role of one player or one everybody you yeah. have a job I say that right? yeah everybody has their own job so you've got your pilot you've got your captain you've got your science officer uh weapons and what am i missing engineer engineer that's the other one 
and we all we we, we only had four of us that at that time that were playing. Uh, I was a pilot, and Mark was a science officer. I'm not gonna you know brag too much, but I was pretty amazing at flying the ship. Man, I was Just doing so much science. You. <laughs> You you are hey I put some things in the <laughs> atomizer and I researched new powers. We unfortunately the game is still in alpha. Yes, um, and I mean it was still playable. We we had a we had a good time. Played it for I'd say what hour hour and a half probably. Like that. Yeah, um, did a few missions, but then we ran into one that was bugged. Um, which again alpha, so it's not totally uncommon or anything. Right. Um, but this is another one of those. You see, like holy crap, this is going to be so cool when it's finished. And this game, like the whole time I was playing it, I was just thinking what it would be like if I had an Oculus Rift. This would be amazing. And I felt like I was actually in the in the world that I'm in. Oh my gosh! So I mean, it's it's a very unpolished, unfinished game, but the framework there is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, had a good time with it. Uh, And I assume you've been playing The Witcher Three. Did you know? Yeah, I've been playing The Witcher Three. Yep, I'm pretty far now. And Uh, it's. Probably the best game I've played in a long time. Yeah. I felt the same way. Further I got, the more I loved it. Fantastic. Anything new to report on there? You're almost I mean, done, I think. You're you're probably about, I think, judging by where I saw where you were, I'd say you're about four-fifths of the way through. Well, you, you saw where I stopped, right? Going up to Bald Mountain? Yes. Well, I've done all of that, and now I'm back in Novigrad doing little things for each of the main characters that's, to get yeah. ready for... That's when I left, was when you were getting ready to start that. Yeah. So, Man. Cool. I, it's really hard to stop at this point. It's like uh, one more episode type of, I can't, I'm calling into work type <laughs> yeah. situation. No, I hear you. Uh, I've been playing um, Metal Gear Solid Five. Still absolutely phenomenal game. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be in the running for uh, for Game of the Year. Uh, for me with, with Witcher 3. I think Witcher 3 is going to be still probably edge it out just because it's, you know, and ended up being my favorite game. Um, but, like, I don't know. The gameplay is just so good. Uh, the story is okay. I'm not, like, each mission is kind of its own thing. Yeah. So, and I, I honestly, even though I'm, like, halfway done with the missions, you know, looking at the numbers, I don't really know a lot about what's going on with the overall main story of it because there's still a lot of questions that I have and everything. So, you know, I'm excited to see how that wraps up. And people keep telling me that it gets really good towards the end as well. So I'm excited to see that. And then I've also been playing uh, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright, which is, if you played Fire Emblem Awakening on 3DS, that game was phenomenal. Amazing. Probably the best Fire Emblem game that I have played, personally. This one kind of takes that and makes it less complicated. I think most people that are Fire Emblem fans will like Awakening better. I personally like this one better just because I like the simplified right. gameplay. It's not like you don't go to a map and then all of a sudden there's 72 different battles you can choose from and, you know, 85 million different places you can go and do and stuff like that. It's just not overwhelming, which you know, I, I think for most people that would be a plus. Just for me, I like to I like to have some direction. Um, and this one kind of narrows everything down and gives you a more focused goal. So I'm really, really enjoying that and uh, looking forward to getting farther in that. And this is the one that took the pokemon idea and it's like two different games you Correct. can choose which path you want to take there's there's two and then there's actually a third one that you can download as well um and i do think that? they say to to beat the first two first uh, i'm going to yeah and it's nice. like different viewpoints from the same story which is going to be that is cool that could almost uh scratch that trinity site itch you have i know right uh, but i'm really really enjoying that so far and then uh, the division i'm playing the division like crazy uh, those of you that have watched a little bit, I've been playing with uh, with Brian and uh, his brother a little bit, and uh, Irkable Gamer. Um, <laughs> we were so this is just a, a funny little side story. But the other night we were playing, and Brian was Brian was being Brian, and he was talking about uh, we're playing a, a shooter. So he all of a sudden just starts shouting out random call signs and making up code words. Classic. So like he'd be like. Whiskey Tango on my Bravo. And everybody would be like, what? Be like, we got a 6.30 at 10.30. Brian, what the heck are you talking? And he would just say random crap like this. So eventually we just, you know, let him run with it just because we knew he was being a goofball. But at one point, we're running through and this mission starts up and he runs ahead and he goes, all right, guys, let's do this. Suppressing fire on my six. And like, there was like this awkward five second pause. And I kind of like, and we're all in, in on headsets and in chat. Yeah. And I go, guys, did 
did Brian, did Brian just ask us to shoot him in the ass? <laughs> and everybody starts busting out laughing and stuff because suppressing fire on my six. That's essentially what that means. Yeah. Like, shoot me in the rear. I I don't understand. Anyways, uh, but it was really, really funny. And uh, those of you that were on stream that saw it probably got a kick out of it, too. Um, but uh, The Division it has been a lot of fun. I have noticed that a lot of people don't like watching it be streamed, though. So I probably will tone that down a bit. Um, cause I got a way more hits when I was streaming Metal Gear Solid 5, so I'll probably be going back to that when I get back on Twitch. That makes sense. There's a little more creativity involved in playing Metal Gear Solid 5. Absolutely. So, alright, well, why don't we get the show started, man? I'll start your show. Uh, no, you won't, but Brian will. Brian is gonna kick us off with a quick side quest that he put together, uh, for the subject of the show, Heroes. So, Brian, take it away, sir. Hey guys, it's uh, Brian, your favorite host of the Frozen North. I know I'm your favorite host. Don't you tell me no. I am your favorite. So, tell everyone, I'm never wrong. Uh, people who think I'm wrong are, are in fact wrong, okay? Anyway, JJ posted a question um, for the participation this week, and I figured I'd answer um, as to what do I look for in a video game hero? I thought about that for a long time, and I've come to a kind of complicated uh, conclusion that it doesn't really matter uh, the specifics. Um, well, they do and they don't. Let me explain. So I went through all kinds of some of my favorite heroes in games, and I, I realized that they span from quirky idiot uh, to quippy sarcastic to... Uh, kind of anti-hero to uh, knight in shining armor to broken princess to badass dude to master chief. Um, and I thought, like, well, what what are, does something tie them together? What uh, what do, what do I look for? What why is a hero good? What makes a hero good? And uh, with video games, it's a little bit different than. Uh, say movies or books because you have to assume the role of the character so one of my favorite games of all time is The Witcher 3 and you play as Geralt and you have a you have choice systems through the game but they're all very Geralt choicey like you can't pick you can't play Geralt as a happy-go-lucky um, you know do-gooder it doesn't let you because that's not who Geralt is um, and yet still you can put yourself in his shoes or identify with him because you have the player agency. Uh, Gordon Freeman uh, from the Half-Life series is a good uh, example of a, a good hero for video games. He doesn't say anything. You never really see his face. He is you. Um, you are the hero in this. So you kind of, with video games, we kind of project our own heroic or unheroic values onto, onto characters. Um, when I played Mass Effect, I played, uh, Commander Shepard, very by the book, very military. You know, I didn't go through any love interests and, uh, they allowed you to do that. And that's the way I wanted to play. And that really ne ne wasn't necessarily his quality, uh, but mine. I wanted to, you know, I was a commander of a ship. It would be very irresponsible for a commander to be banging all his ladies on the uh, ship. So, so yeah, wh what what's a hero? Um, well, game heroes are complicated because, on the one hand, you have, you have your very character-driven heroes like Geralt, or like Cloud, or um, Nathan Drake, or Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us, or you know, name, name a ton of other story-based games. Um, but the the common thread is that you are them. You are playing as them, rather than watching them, watching them experience and grow. You are making them experience and grow. So. This is going to be a weird answer, and I'm, I'm spending a lot of wind and air trying to get here, but the best, the, what I look for in a hero, and what makes heroes good to me, are its cast of characters that are supporting it. Let me explain. So, if you break down Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, um, he's not much. There's He's kind of a... 
kind of a fuddy-duddy, really. Um, you've got characters like Miranda, who had massive surgeries to her body to become a more efficient spy so she can take advantage of her female form um, with a conflicted past with her father being the catalyst of this uh, decision and she has an estranged sister and it's very apparent you know that she's got a past and Jacob uh, we go explore his past and his dad's an admiral and they find out that uh, Jacob always talks about how his dad's such a great character or such a great person and um, we find him on a, a planet with a crashed ship and he's become something that you know Jacob in Mass Effect didn't think his dad would ever become which is uh, you know kind of evil but nece- you know necessity sometimes uh, begats evil anyway as you can see that these characters a couple characters that I've explained they they have all this all this backstory and nuance well commander shepard you kind of pick his backstory you kind of can choose whether or not he's you know this or that but it's very basic and it's very you know hey we have to keep it in this window so that the player you know can still feel like they are commander shepard um same with you know a lot of the times the the villain in the game can bring out the best in the character that you are playing. Um, I'll give you a really good example, and this transcends even video gaming. Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, the Arkham series. Without Joker, is Batman much? He's kind of also a, a real fuddy McDuddy-Duddy. You know, he's just very plain Jane. He's a hero, yes, but the thing about heroes is they are boring. Um, with the exception of a few heroes on the map, but they're not they're not what I like the best about about games. I'm never excited about hey, you know, I can't wait to play this hero. He seems really interesting. I always think that the heroes are absolute snooze fests, and I don't really care uh, as much about them as I do some of the other characters. So, for example, Bruce Wayne, Batman, the Joker, man, just such a dynamic character to balance to counterbalance the absolute uh, drollness of Batman's character. I don't kill anyone. I'm Batman. Oh, wow. My parents got shot. Wow. Shut up, Bruce Wayne. Shut up, Batman. Just keep being Batman because I know Joker will be out there and you'll have to stop him. And, And we get all the flavor and the fun from... A lot of times, the the villains and the counters to the hero. Um, there are a few exceptions to uh, extremely good heroes. I, I think Geralt of Rivia is one of them, um, because but he's really kind of an anti-hero or a neutral, if you want to say. He's chaotic. He's probably chaotic neutral, or actually true neutral would be the way I would look at it. Um, so yeah, I, the more I think about it, the more um, the, the thing, the more it is that heroes are kind of just. They're just the, in video games at least, they're just the vehicle, you know, to experience um, wonderment and, and excitement. Uh, it's really that, that the, the, you know, the antagonist that can really boost a hero. Like, w- would Cloud really be that much of a good hero without Sephiroth, without that whole thread? If it was, Cloud is a, honestly, Cloud from Final Fantasy VII is one of the most lame piece of crap heroes in any game. Like, that game is fantastic, but Cloud is a douchebag emo that I I never really liked Cloud. He's not really a... Same with Squall in Final Fantasy VIII. The, the main heroes are horrible. But you know what makes them great? Is their cast. Their cast brings out the the intricacies of, of heroes in video games. Um, it's weird. It, I, you see a common theme that the heroes in games kind of have to sit in this little window, um, like I said, except for a, a couple here and there. But they have to sit in this weird window where it's like, well, we don't want to go one too far one way or too far the other way because then the player can't project himself onto the hero. So, like Gordon Freeman, for example, in Half-Life. Mark knows what I'm talking about. This is a game Mark has actually played. He's actually played a game called Half-Life 2 and knows that Gordon Freeman's. we don't know anything about him. All we know about Gordon Freeman is that he is a scientist who worked uh, in a lab and some dude 
called the G-Man is stalking him. That is all we know about Gordon Freeman. We know nothing else. Did he have a family? Did he have uh, a father? Did he have... How did he get into science? We know zero about Gordon Freeman, yet everyone loves him as a, as a hero. Why? Why is that? Because of the cast and the game around him. It's never about that hero. Video game heroes are stupid for the most part, and they are boring. But the enemies, the, the villain, every, all that other stuff can just absolutely pedestal the hero to ex- just awesome heights. I am taking up uh, way too much time. I'm about to hit the 10-minute mark, so I'm going to actually end it here. Just know that what I look for in a hero is funny enough. I don't really care about the hero. I look for the the cast of characters around him and the the villain to, to judge who the best heroes are. So... Anyway, controversial controversial opinion or not, uh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you suspect. I'm Brian. I'm signing off. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, and we are back. Brian, thank you very much for that colorful commentary it's on It's true. Uh, I have played heroes. a game. It's it's true. I, you know what? It's it's an interesting way to, to think about it, though. And honestly, I agree with a lot of what he said. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've said so many times that I am... To bring up Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy example, I don't think Cloud is that great of a character on his own. I have never totally. thought that. <clears throat> and I've said in the past before, uh, when we talked about Final Fantasy thirteen, because people are always like, how do you not like Lightning? She's she's a great character, blah, blah, whatever. It's like, to me, she was exactly like Cloud. Yeah. You know, but Cloud had a supporting cast around him that I really, really liked, which actually complemented him very, very well. I did not get that from 13, from Lightning, and I think that's why I don't like her as much as, you know, I, I would say that I like Cloud. So I think I think Brian's 100% right in, in that it's about, you know, a big part of it is the environment that they're thrown into and what obstacles Absolutely. they're up against. And in fact, I mean, a lot of times that's obviously what makes them the hero. Like, take Lee from The Walking Dead, for instance. Without the setting of a zombie apocalypse, he's just going to jail. <laughs> he's much. not he's yeah. not a hero exactly yep it's it's only when he gets thrown <laughs> into it and without a cast of characters like they had in that game he would have been just some silent guy running through killing zombies which also would not have been a very interesting game no he could have left clementine but uh <laughs> you're like that's worthless we have terrible i did not like her she was annoying i'm sorry but yeah and i i i i totally agree so i don't know that i i would have Maybe put the villains up on a pedestal as much as Brian seemed to do, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's some good villains out there for you. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it just seemed like you know, if you if you think about what he's saying, it's basically like I don't like heroes. Uh, give me the villains. So, but you know, to each their own. Emails. We uh, we got one that that falls in line with uh, with the heroes. And like 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 I've said in the past, if you ever would like to contribute to the show and you want to answer the contributor question, we'd be more than happy to read the email on the air for you. Um, you know, so you don't have to worry about recording or anything like that. You just send it in and we'll, we'll take care of that. And we got one. Uh, Mark's going to go ahead and read it. Who's it from Mark? It's from end of pie. Here's what he says. A famous quote that had always resonated me comes from GK Chesterton. While the quote has many variations, the spirit is always the same. Fairy tales do not give the child his first idea of a bogey. What fairy tales give the child is his first clear idea of the possibility of defeating the bogey. The baby has known the dragon intimately ever since he had an imagination. What the fairy tale provides for him is a hero, St. George, to kill the dragon. End of quote. The older we get, the more we come to know injustice and evil in the world. Stories do not introduce this to us, even as kids, but they do tell us that we can win and we can defeat it. To me, that is what defines a hero, the character who has overcome evil, not for the sake of being cliche, but for the sake of being an example to us. Cool. Heck yeah. And honestly, like part of that could even fall in line with what Brian was saying. Absolutely. Like, without having, they, they say, without evil, there could be no good. Yeah. You know, I mean, kind of true if you think about it, but that's that's kind of the compliment mm-hmm. that uh, that he's talking about there. And so, kind of you know, the inspiring heroism in others as well is a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're only saying that because you like Suikoden in a lot. Look, but, uh, <laughs> you just got to inspire people to stand up, do absolutely. the right thing. Heck yeah, man. I mean, that, that's that, that's a big thing to me, and we'll, we'll talk about it later after our uh, contributors and stuff, but yeah. that is a big thing for me is is somebody who inspires other people. 
uh, a leader more than a hero, yes. I guess is, a, is the best way to say it. So if you would like to email us, please do so at frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fngaming.net. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash the frozen north. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. We are on Twitch at twitch.tv slash frozennorthgames, uh, where I stream uh, Wednesday and Thursday nights, usually between 6 and 9 p.m. We're on YouTube now at Frozen North Gaming. Uh, we, we'd love a couple more subscriptions on there, trying to trying to get those numbers up. If we get more and see a little bit more activity on there, I think we're we're gonna it might give us some motivation to actually do some more on there. So uh, heck yeah, you know we we'd appreciate that. And oh, and also we're we're looking to eventually maybe release the episodes early on there as well. So we'll see about that too. Um, but we are on iTunes as well, where we would appreciate you uh, subscribing to and rating us. Boom. Mark's giving a thumbs up. That's right. I liked <laughs> what I heard. I was listening to that one, JJ. There you go. So let us know what you think. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, anything. If you disagree with Brian saying that heroes in video games are stupid usually, make sure to send the hate mail to us. And if you disagree with Brian on anything. True. Be sure to send the hate mail. So, <laughs> all right. With that, I think we are actually going to go to our contributors now uh, to talk about heroes. So... We got a few entries. Contributors, take it away. Hello, Frozen North audience. This is Shanna. I am co-host of the Fool's Lantern podcast, and I am here to answer the question JJ has posed to us all. What makes a good video game hero? I'm here not alone, <laughs> but with my best friend, Jillian. I have a poem for you, Jillian. Oh, my God. I want to hear I just thought of it. I would like to hear Jillian, Jillian, one in a billion. If I could make more, I would make a million. <gasps> that was beautiful. You just thought of that? Yeah. Oh, you're so good. I love it. What do you think about that? I love it. Before we get in the question. Okay. I believe, I believe that I loved it. Cool. Okay. So here's my thoughts. Okay. What makes a good video game hero? Yeah. I'm going to sound really vain. I'm going to say myself. Oh, I didn't Anything? know that was an option. It's not. Oh. I just made it an option. <laughs> Because every time I was thinking, like, oh, I really liked myself as Shepard. I did think that, too, though. I, I really I liked, myself I liked myself as Shepard. In Skyrim. Yeah. Jillian, you played Witcher. Jillian, you played Fallout. I did. I, I liked myself in Witcher, but I think that I... I don't think I liked myself in Fallout, though. Because, oh. Well, I just... I you have to be harsher in Fallout to survive. Yeah, survival is all, yeah, what it's so. all about. But do you know what I mean? Like you're not gonna be some like just good all the time yes. character. You can choose like, oh, I'm gonna be an asshole to everyone, but mm-hmm. the people who I'm close to. Like that reporter in Fallout Two, or no, not Fallout Two, Mass Effect Two. Yeah, I punched her. Oh God, <laughs> yes, I punched her. I too. punched her. I was like, this is an option, and I'm gonna take it. But you were a hero. Yeah, still. I was. I was more Paragon than Renegade. I like a flawed hero, and I'm flawed. And that's so when I, they insert yeah. me as the person who makes mm-hmm. the choices, that's when I most enjoy that's a game. That's your favorite. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking really hard about this question, and I couldn't... Because the first... I always go to Mass Effect first. Every yeah, time. I always. And so I was like, well, I liked... I was thinking, like, I liked her voice actor, you know? And so I was trying to think about stuff like that. But I really like what you said. Yeah. I do like my I, mean, I do like playing as myself more. There is the classic. Okay, so when I was growing up I would have said Link for sure. I thought Absolutely. you were gonna say Link now. That's what I was waiting for. And you know what? Maybe I'm gonna change my mind. <laughs> because Link is pretty cool. He's all courageous and stuff. Mm-hmm. He and is courageous. You know what's cool about him? He doesn't talk. He doesn't. He so just it's he goes, yeah! of, It's a way of inserting yourself. Mm-hmm into the situation <laughs> all the game i like i was thinking really hard about it and all the games i play are the ones where you are the character like, you, you know what i choices. liked they're all of bioshock them. infinite and bioshock yeah. yeah is the are those good heroes they no, are are um, they kind not really uh, <laughs> i don't know because i don't want to sp- i don't want to spoil yeah infinite, but i mean People I who I feel like their pain. Actually, I like the lady, the girl. I liked her. The girl is yeah. Good. I liked her, but you weren't. If really I can feel the struggle and it doesn't feel, feel like, like a Mary Sue character, yeah. look it up. Yeah, they've got to have some. They've got to have some flaws. They can't be. 
They've got to have. They have to struggle with being good and then decide to be good. Yes, that's true. Yes, those are our thoughts. Hey everyone, Brandon here. I am here to talk about what makes a hero in a video game to me. In my opinion, a good hero in a video game starts with the basic quality that they are willing to sacrifice everything for the greater good. They are willing to put everything that is important to succeeding in their goals to help the better lives of everyone else around them. Um, they're not selfish. They aren't, um, you know, you know, I don't need it to be totally lawful good, but they can't be evil in any way, shape or form. They have to make good decisions for the greater good of the people, the world space universe, whatever they're trying to save and protect in their, uh, game. What do you look for in a video game hero? Hey everyone, Tucci here, making a last minute entry. What I look for in a video game hero right off the bat isn't necessarily a power or ability, but more of a connection, somewhere I can put myself into and relate to the said hero. A video game hero I connected with right from the start was Commander Shepard from the Mass Effect series. The reason I feel like I connect with Commander Shepard is because I can relate to the feeling of the weight of the world, or in his or her case, the universe, on my shoulders. It's really tough to have everyone depending on you to not fail or to all be doomed because of your failure. Another thing I look for in a video game hero is character flaws. I know what you're thinking. Flaws? Why flaws? I mean, flaws more in the idea that they're aren't as perfect of a person or individual as we may think. That they have major faults that may add to a weird twist to the story. Main reason I look for that is because it, I relate to being flawed. It makes the existence of the hero more believable to me. A good example of this would be Titus from Final Fantasy X, where he continually battles memories and statements from his father when he was younger. He is also quite self-centered and egotistical. And later, you see him turn into the selfless hero we all come to love and cheer for. There is nothing more satisfying to me than not only enjoying the triumphs of the hero, but also the failures of the hero. That is what I really look for in a video game hero. JJ, thanks again for allowing me to share my thoughts with the Frozen North Podcast. See y'all next time. And we're back. All right. Thank you so much to everybody who uh, shot us over a uh, submission for the uh, the hero segment today. Heck yeah. Uh, real quick before we talk about it a little bit, though, I got to address one thing that Tucci said in his segment. Dude, nobody likes Titus. All right. Titus Titus sucks. never became somebody that we all know and love. That never happened. Ever. No way. The game, yes, I like it. It's a great game. But, dude, Titus is annoying, and he's dumb, and he's ridiculous. No thank you. Titus is terrible. hate that guy. Agreed. I don't really hate him, but, you know, he just sucks. Anyways. Okay, moving on. Heroes. So, you and I kind of listen. We, we listened to these. Yeah. And uh, you, you had some strong reactions. I'm just going to go right ahead and say what I think makes a really good hero. Yeah, go ahead. Is someone who can manage a city. And keep oh, the traffic flowing properly. That's what you were like. That's oh, you're gonna be yeah. so mad. Yeah, I thought you were gonna have some like counterpoints to some of the things people were saying. No, you just yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> you're the worst ever. Oh, cup. Look, I don't see you fixing traffic right now. Someone has to do it. That's what we call an unsung hero. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with you on that. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, um, I don't want to say that anyone that doesn't fit this mold isn't a good hero, but I think the most heroic, the best heroes are the people who choose on their own to become a hero, who actually sacrifice something uh, willingly. Like if you're prophesized to be a hero or someone forces you to be a hero, that's not all that heroic in a sense because you're just doing what you have to do. But if you decide you're going to take someone under your wing and somebody who steps up exactly someone who puts it all on the line willingly that's way more heroic absolutely no i I agree that's exactly what i was going to say it's like somebody who 
like for me, I always try to put myself into the the uh, the shoes of the main character and try to like like if I play a game like Fallout or any game where you've got a character creator or something. Yeah. Like like people a lot of people told me when I when I played Mass Effect I should have tried to play as a femship because the the voice acting is way better and she does a great job and everything like that. I don't typically play as female characters not because I'm like sexist or anything like that, but because I want to try and put myself into that position. Like if you right. look at the characters that I create, I try to make them look like me if I can do that. Like I just I want to try and I want to be that person who's who's making those tough decisions and able to do that because I'm a wuss in real life. I'm a huge wuss, and I like half the stuff that I do in video games. I would never do in real life. Oh, of course. Uh, especially half? not with the e- well, more than half. Yeah, almost anything. Especially not with the ease that my character is able to do it. Yeah. So if I can, you know, present myself in a way that that I'm doing those things, you know, and be like, oh, dude, check it out. I'm so cool right now. You know, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but that's kind of how I've always done it. And in order to like when I when I think about what a hero is, it's somebody that we talked about this before inspires others through their actions. And like if you see somebody, I mean, Suikoden is a great example. Um, you've got your your main character in uh, well in any of the games right. who has gone through some crap and been through some hard stuff, and still they're stepping up and they're inspiring all these 108 characters who are the That's best right. ever. That's the best amount. Uh, <laughs> To, to, to step up as well and do their part for, for the bigger picture. And so I, I think a big part of it is not even necessarily for me a hero, but a leader. Yes, um, I think I think it, it uh, you know, they can be totally separate or they can go hand in hand. I love when they go hand in hand, quite frankly. But, I mean, yeah. anybody who's who's a leader and inspires others, that is a hero to me. And I think it's uh, it's essential that you have a cast of characters uh, in order to feel like a hero, because I, here's an example: uh, going to a cave and killing a bunch of orcs—that's not heroic, right? But going to a cave and killing a bunch of orcs to protect a town—that's heroic. Absolutely. The only difference is having a cast of characters to react to what you've done, essentially. Yeah. So it's that that kind of feedback you get from the game that creates the sense of heroism. Yeah, if there's a group of bandits attacking a town over and over again and you go to stop them so you take them all out, you're doing something heroic. You're helping these people out. Right. But if there's just a camp of people and you just run in and slaughter everybody, you're just a murderer. <laughs> Whoops. I mean, you know? But it's so hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you guys the ones that attack that? T- eh, forget it. Go on. You just <laughs> kick them all out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's there's so many different ways that you could take that answer. We've got another side Definitely. quest later on. Um, uh, from from Mark, who who I mean, a whole other perspective on it, which sounds really really cool too. But uh, yeah, I mean, the main character is always going to be you know front and center, so that's who you're going to be spending the most time with. And I think I really really liked Brian's answer in that you know it's about the the surroundings and the supporting cast. Yeah, that that really makes that because he's right. You know, within a lot of these games, if you just had that main character, you wouldn't you wouldn't care. But like. Think about Doom. Do we know anything about the main character at all? Nope. No, nothing. Nothing at all except that he just goes and he kills demons and, and stuff and aliens. Yeah, he's and not stuff really like a that. hero. It. Yeah, that's it's all it is. But if we gave him some context and some, some reasons as to why he's doing that kind of stuff, I mean, it could add a whole, you know, plethora of elements to that. Right. So, kind of interesting to think about. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, then, let's head on up over to the news booth again. Brian, what do we got this week, man? All right, guys, we got some good articles we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about it, and you are going to listen. Okay, here's your news. All right, Microsoft dropped the bombshell the other day that they will be letting crossplay happen. Woo! What does that mean, you ask? Well, let me explain. For a long time, uh, both Sony and Microsoft have been, nah, we don't want to pair the two um, for whatever reason, you know, business reasons, other reasons, Mark reasons. Mark reasons are the best reasons, anyway. Anyhow, uh, so Microsoft finally said, you know what, we are really open. We're, as you know, Microsoft is trying to get its, you know, 
Xbox One and Windows 10 to sync up. It looks like they're pushing on that hard. Well, now they've said we are really open to letting developers develop for cross-play purposes, which would be fantastic because I'm tired of buying games on consoles to play with my friends. I want to buy them on the PC, and I want to play with people playing on the PS4 and on the Xbox One. Um, anyway, that's really exciting. Uh, not really sure where it's, how it's going to pan out. There's a lot of stuff that needs to get worked out, but sounds like in the future developers can uh, opt into uh, going ahead and developing for, like say, a game like Destiny or The Division that just launched or any other kind of multiplayer um, type game can uh, just, everybody's pooled into that one, into that one big pool of online players, which is fantastic. No segregation of the audience is the best part of that. So, Fun! Okay, moving on to the next story. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Great. I'm glad you're still with me. Because this one's a big one. So, the Vive came out. It's $800! The Vive is HTC's uh, proprietary hardware of VR. $800! $799, uh, if you want to be technical. But, uh, woo, pretty expensive. Um, And then, obviously, before that, the uh, the, um, Oculus Rift said, Hey, $600! $600. So, we're thinking, okay, there's one more big announcement, which is PSVR. They're coming out soon. What are they going to announce at? Uh, they announced at, and I am not kidding you, $399. Here's what comes with, here's kind of the specs of the PSVR. OLED display, 5.7 inch screen size. It runs at a 920 by 1080 um, or 960 by 1080 per eye, if you want to get technical. Refresh rate, freight, uh, refresh rate is 120 hertz and 90 hertz. Uh, 360 degree tracking and nine LEDs. Field of view is approximately 100 degrees. Latency is less than 18 milliseconds. It uh, comes with a uh, DualShock 4 or PlayStation Move. Um, 3D audio. Here's the kicker. So they announced this, and we're all thinking, like, what? the heck is going on? Well, they also announced that uh, unlike the um, Oculus Rift, Sony's actually selling their uh, proprietary VR hardware at a profit, so they will actually be making money. Uh, Rift is going to be making very little. I think they're just, I think they're going straight uh, cost on this to to get uh, uninstall base going. Well, if uh, there's only one big hurdle that Sony needs to get over, um, with the VR they're doing, um, and that is it has to work well. Um, if it works well, uh, at least comparable to the Vive and the Rift, and it's priced like this, and Sony's making money on it, that may be a huge head start in the VR game for Sony. I mean, it's not surprising that Sony is able to do this, and they have some of the best engineers in the world, and they have been in the entertainment business for far longer than HTC and uh, the Oculus team. So it's pretty surprising, though, that they were able to go uh, at a price point which is leagues below their competition and also still make money. The only kicker is if it doesn't work as well as the other ones, then it's not going to be successful. As much as you want to say, hey, you know, cheaper option, VR is not really going to be like that. You need to have the most one-one experience that you can possibly have when it comes to VR. You're not going to want to have a strap on a VR. If that's if you think I'm wrong and you think, well, I can pay a little bit less and play on a lesser VR, go pick up one of those Google cardboards and tell me that that's good VR. No, you need great VR experience. So if Sony can deliver on that, then they will have stamped a huge ticket in the lead of, of VR. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, $400 for the uh, PSVR is absolutely exciting, and they're also making a profit off of it, which just blows my mind. Anyway, we shall see. Next bit of news. You guys still with me? Great. Uh, you over there. Hey, hey, you. Uh, pay attention. We got another story. Here's another story. It's another story. So, I've been playing The Division. I don't know about you. It's kind of divisive right now as to who likes it and who doesn't. Um, I am personally really enjoying it playing with friends. I would say it's uh, average playing solo. It's not really a, you know, blow your blow your mind kind of game playing by yourself. But when you're playing with a two-man, three-man, or four-man team, 
It is so much fun. Um, you have to put suppressifier on my six when I'm running in, vector style, the two by two spread, shooting the guns, making the kills. It's fantastic. Uh, well, speaking of that game, it has blown past uh, first day sales records and uh, claims the biggest week for a new IP ever, uh, which is very exciting. Let's hope Ubisoft can keep the content rolling in. I know the incursion, which is the raid is coming out very soon. So we, uh, we will see. Um, I'm personally having a blast with it right now. Um, I'm like level 26 or 27, um, working my way towards the end of the game. Um, but, uh, I love gear. It's a Diablo type game. Um, but first per- or but third person cover shooter, which is just, it's excellent. I love loot. I love min maxing. Uh, and I love you. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Mark has decided to get it on the PC so that he has an excuse to not play it when no one else is playing it. So, congratulations, Mark. Yes, suspect. All right, and our last story. Hey, hey, you, you with me? You with me? Wake up. All right, come on over. Got one, one more story here, and it's another Ubisoft story. However, I know for a fact... JJ and Mark and anyone else listening that knows this game is going to be so exciting. So Ubisoft is going to bl- bring a classic party game to VR with, uh, and I've heard, I've seen screenshots of it, and I've heard nothing but great things about it. They're bringing a game, a little game I like to call Werewolf. Yes, they're bringing Werewolf, where you sit around in the the screen. So what you do is you assume a character, and then you look like that character, like uh, the the you know, the townsman or the the tanner or something, and you're sitting around chairs and you look around and, and you're you're in the old times. Oh man, that that's uh one night uh Ultimate Werewolf we play all the time. Um it's like a tabletop kind of game um where you uh accuse j'accuse a mark of being the tanner. Um but uh yeah it's coming to a VR experience. Man, like that's a, amazing that you can do that. Uh, I think that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to get my hands. I'm not really excited about VR, but when I see uh, applications like this, it does get me kind of excited that they're bringing a game like uh, um, Werewolf to a VR uh, type situation where you can sit around the, uh, the, the, the bonfire and Look around at other characters, and they're looking—they're looking goofy and everything. It's just—it's just fantastic. I'm really excited, guys. If you're not excited, then you suspect. All right, that's Brian, and I'm the news. Oh, wait, no, that's the news, and I'm Brian. Have a great day, and uh, keep on gaming, unless you're Mark, and then make excuses for not. Thanks. Bye. And we're back. Thank you, Brian, once again. For the colorful commentary, as yeah. always, except for all those lies you said about me not playing video games. Are they lies, though? Uh, exaggerations. Exaggerations. Okay, we'll go with that. A <laughs> um, couple of things in there we want to touch on. Uh, yeah, definitely crossplay. Yeah, uh, that sounds That's like a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I want to I want to make sure that we get this right, though. Like, they have not said in any way, shape, or form, that every game is going to be compatible for right. cross-play on every platform. That's just not how it's going to work. It's going to be still up to the, as far the way that I understand it, it's still going to be up to the individual developers mm-hmm. to allow that to even happen if it can be done. So, like, games like Rocket League, I think, are, you know, that's the big one that they're talking about doing it right. for. I think that'd be great for. Absolutely. Sports games, wonderful. But when you start getting into, like, shooters and stuff like that, then you actually start talking about how graphics and controls can be a big advantage on the PC. Yeah, um, definitely. So it's it's kind of tough how you want to you want to run with that. So it'll be interesting to see. And it's also like going to be complicated. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida just came out and said that recently mm-hmm. uh, that it's not as simple as just like connecting two wires and having people playing between right. uh, platforms, especially with like okay, so depending on what kind of game you have uh, as a publisher, it might be Microsoft hosting the online play sessions mm-hmm. or Sony hosting the online play sessions instead of like some local console hosting it all and running it. Right. And if they're getting some kind of a deal with the publisher, that might all be in question. It's, it's just very complicated, all the different arrangements that are going on. But it's it's on the table now, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. We can only, you know, just wait and see what happens. So, and the other one, VR, man. VR, you're, VR's you're the, the best. Big, you're the big VR guy. Look, I'm all about VR. 
What, and do, you, what do you think about the Vive price point? The Vive price point, honestly, it did not surprise me. Yeah. About a year ago, they came out and said, you're not, I mean, it's not going to be a price you're going to be excited about. Right. And $800, all in, well, not all in, because you need a gaming PC. Right. Uh, $1,500, $1,600, all in, uh, you're going to get uh, motion controls, a headset. It's, I mean, it's going to be a good experience, I think. Yeah. And then the PSVR, which is the, the huge news, I think. Yeah. I mean, that price point hit. We all thought it was going to be on the same level as the Vive. We thought it was going to be 700 bucks. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. Now, now from what I understand, that it is a little bit scaled back on power and everything. Well, way- it's, it's limited by the PlayStation 4 for right. all of its rendering. To, to me, the way it kind of sounds like when you're thinking Oculus and... When you're thinking PSVR, you're thinking virtual reality. When you're thinking Oculus and uh, Vive, you're thinking like full-on immersion. Um, uh, yeah. It, it just seems like uh, the PSVR is going to be a little bit more limited. Well, um, at the moment, they've even said the PSVR is being designed for a sitting experience. Right. And the, the Oculus and will okay be with a sitting experience at first, but they're going to have the touch controllers out soon, w- which will allow some form of full room-scale VR. Right. Uh, I wonder if maybe it's going to be uh, have something to do with like it might make it run a little better or something I don't know with the new uh, PS four point five that they're talking about. That's a that's a good question. So I mean that's that's the big limiting factor is you can't just run games the same way you do on a screen. You need it to be right. uh, ninety hertz refresh. You need that high frame rate in order to get over the motion sickness aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think they made a really smart choice with the. Um, this is going to get a little boring technical, but they, they went with a lower resolution screen, but they chose an RGB panel rather than a pentile panel, which is what Oculus and uh, Five both use. Uh, a pentile panel has two subpixels per pixel, and the RGB panel has three subpixels per pixel. So, And I don't know if this translates perfectly to visual fidelity, but the amount of subpixels on that lower resolution screen is actually higher than the amount of subpixels on the Oculus Rift. Interesting. So it could theoretically look better <laughs> pixel for pixel. We'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully I get to try it at E3. Yeah, it's super cheap now. Woo! You can, I know, you're going to get one, four, man. That's bucks. the big thing. That Seriously, that just blew me away. Uh, that that honestly has the biggest, like, it could change this from being just a very small niche enthusiast they thing. said they wanted it to have mass market appeal, right. and putting it at that price point, absolutely, that's exactly. What we it's could move do. millions the first year, which is incredible. There, I saw an article; they were expecting to do one point nine million. That's in awesome. the first uh, in the first year. So I mean, we'll see. That'll be great. Which would then obviously encourage developers to keep making more stuff for it. Yep. So and the other, th- I mean, th- think about it. this is just theoretical, but the headset itself, assuming the um, the resolution is high enough to look good. The headset might not need to be replaced when the PlayStation 4.5 or the PlayStation 5 comes out, yeah. and they can start pushing higher end experiences at that point without making you buy new stuff. Absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to touch on was Werewolf. Werewolf's pretty fun, dude. Yeah, Werewolf is a board game that we all play. Brian mentioned it, obviously, um, but it's a game that we play. It's a hidden role board game, and uh, I know I've talked to some of you about it to play board games as well, but like. It's so much fun, and your friends will end up hating you at the end of the night. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, I mean, we, we've played this game for hours, so much so that, heck, I had to buy a new copy of the game because the old cards were so worn out. So that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to see in, uh, in yeah. VR format as well. So, all right, well, anything else you got on the news? Nope. All right, then. With that, let's head on over to the machine. Ooh. For some uh, more insights on heroes. Mark, take it away. Hey everybody, it's Mark the Machine. Answering the question, what makes a good hero? To start off my side quest, I'd like to kind of say, what a simple question. Uh, By definition, the hero is the morally superior character of action, bent on making a positive impact in the world. But is that not far too simplistic? Especially in our chosen interest, gaming, we almost always play as the hero character, the one to root for, the one to stand behind, or in the perspective of. 
and save the day. But what makes them good? There's so many tropes that help define the types of characters we see in video games. Like, are you the atoner? Are you righting wrongs to fix a past sin? Are you Oron from Final Fantasy X or Kratos from God of War, undoing your crimes of the past by toppling the evil that put you in the position to commit them? Are you the chosen one? In a world of bland NPCs who only have two typed lines of dialogue, are you a kid soldier from Suikoden who rises up because a rune found its way to you and only you? Or are you Dragonborn, the key to stopping the dragon infestation of Skyrim? Are you a hero of guile, charming your way through the world like Commander Shepard if played that way? Or Varric from Dragon Age Verse, schmoozing and storytelling your way to glory? Are you the kid who saves the day like Chrono from Chrono Trigger, Sora from Kingdom Hearts, or Fate from Star Ocean till the end of time, ensuring the world and games like it carry on for generations even though they've only been alive for such a short time? Maybe you're the one-man army like the Vault Hunter from Borderlands or Nathan Drake, where your explorations lead you into taking a whole battalion of men, armored cars, yetis, and love triangles, with only your wit's precise aim and a littering of weapons and ammo crates untouched and ready to be used by a crafty savior. Or maybe you are whoever you tell the game you are, an amnesiac, gender-neutral magic user during a time of great unrest and political upheaval, and while there just so happens to be a prince or princess or general son or famous knight who has been missing for the same amount of time that the player character has lived in a quiet rural town, you ignore that fact until the army is at your new home's doorstep, and who will save the day? You mean you could do this the whole time? We thought you were a humble fisherman, but the way you hold that lance and shoot fire from your hands makes us all suspicious that you may be meant for bigger things. Whether you're a faceless, voiceless avatar, or a charming renegade with a heart of gold, what makes a hero good, what makes a hero meaningful and successful in a video game, is believability. Are you walking around a crapsack, war-torn, monster-infested countryside? Geralt fits great. Grab your silver sword, head out and slay the monster wreaking havoc on the quiet farm village. But stick Geralt in a JRPG, and the light, flirtatious, sexy half-angel girl is going to have quite a sleepless night the next time you guys need to recover HP at the inn. Woe betide any villain that thinks transforming into a monster form will make the fight any harder against a witcher. He's not believable in that place. He's the hero that Skellige needs with its craggy cliffs and harsh lives, and he does the good in that world that is appropriate for it. A harrowed but determined spacefarer who can save the galaxy from a looming and daunting threat, eons old and unflappable in the face of its foes, Shepard can do the job. But ask Shepard if she can charm monsters coming out of bright green pipes not to bite her toes and save the princess from Bowser. Somehow, renegade or paragon, I see Shepard criticizing Peach for being a weak female stereotype while blasting Goomba guts onto strangely cloud-like bushes. Even Link, by narrative definition, is a lousy hero character. But in a world where the Gorons don't need a talking hero, but they gotta have somebody with solid boomerang and hookshot skills, where Zelda needs someone who will continuously come after her, but never ask her for a phone number, a hero who won't scream in frustration at the Water Temple because he's nigh-mute anyway, Link fits that world perfectly enough to save it. To summarize my point with the greatest hero example... Batman works in Arkham because Batman exists in Arkham, in a symbiotic environment. The villains and challenges Batman faces won't exist without him or with him. That hero fits that mold. But even beyond that believability, the common ground of these heroes is in the root of JJ's initial question. What makes a good hero? It's the good. The good of giving the wastelander the water from your pack may yield you good karma, but you help that person, digital or no, and you feel good for it. The good of finding that man's goat and escorting it back to his ranch, as silly as it seems, means the world to him. The good of ridding the town, the world, the galaxy, our realm of some great evil, or even something as small as building the highway and city skylines, so all your residents can get to work easier, no matter how big or small or grand or silly or whatever it is, it's going to do the good that makes the hero good, and it's believing in that good that makes him even better. 
In games, it's likely that you'll be the jack-of-all stats, well-balanced to every person, and able to tackle challenges however you see fit. The fact that you win almost every combat, and failures only allow you to continue if you get to have that heroic rematch, should tell you that the world wants the hero to come out on top. You'll have love interests, romance options, and see places the NPCs only dream of. And it'll all be background noise compared to what you have to face. And maybe, just maybe, when you're done with the adventure, you'll have to collect some arbitrary doohickey for 100% completion that forces you to take in that vista to appreciate that you have gone on an adventure with a character that hopefully you believed in, that you related to, that you learned something from. But in real life, maybe just opening the door for someone gets you a completed karma quest. Maybe donating some money to a worthy cause is a completed mission. Maybe high-fiving someone you don't know and giving them a smile is an event worthy of XP. You don't have to have a sword or a rune or a shout or a sweet tunic to be a hero right now, today, to someone somewhere. You just have to believe in the kind of good you see in your heroes. Thanks, guys. All right, and we're back. And uh, Heck yes. Oh, jeez. That's what I'm talking about. I told you, JJ. You just had to throw in that line about cities, skylines. I told you. And it just made Mark's eyes light up like crazy. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. No, that was great. It was. It was It was fantastic. Um, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thought. Like, the hero is only... I guess it goes back to, to what we were saying about, like, you know, you are as good as the surroundings that are, you know... Right. Uh, that are around you. Um, being with your your party members, the world you're in, all that stuff. That's exactly what he was saying as well. Like, you know, this hero, you know, in quotes, is perfect for this universe because they are in this universe. And they are just adapting to whatever is coming at them from that universe. Yep. Um, Almost, uh, in a sense, in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about. Yeah. And kind of, he, he also hit on the obvious, like, yes... What makes a hero is the good. The hero is not evil. Yeah. At, at best, a hero is reformed evil. Uh, yep. But yeah, it's, it's about going out and trying to improve the world. It's about having altruistic intentions. Absolutely. And I think I think that's... We didn't bring this up earlier, but I know that, uh, that one of the other uh, contributors did. I've always appreciated... When you can see them not necessarily overcoming, I mean, it's always good to see a hero overcome an obstacle that's in front of them. But I've always found it even more interesting when a hero overcomes an obstacle that obstacle that's within them. Yes, that's always been like kind of like like I mean, like you just said, a reformed hero. You know, somebody who has done all these bad things, like Dragon Ball Z, perfect example. Freaking Vegeta. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, he had done terrible things in his past and because of the, the chain of events that, that led him to meeting Goku and what happens after beyond that, he completely changes, you know, and eventually ends up as a freaking family man. You know, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to, to look back on that stuff and, and, and think about that and stories that have that kind of, uh, that kind of an impact on a character also, you know, can sometimes hit you with that impact as well as yep. the player. So it's kind of neat to think about. All right. Next contributor question for episode number 85. This should be an easy one. What is your game of the year for 2015? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought you were going to have a follow-up or something. It looked like you had a thing you wanted to say. Nope. Okay. <laughs> this talk. is good radio. <laughs> um, yeah, our, our, our next episode is going to be all about uh, 2015. We're going to get Brian in here. We're going to do our top five 2015 um, I know we said we we're gonna do that with this one, but I wanted to, as you heard in the intro, I wanted to kind of make this episode a little bit more special, um, you know, dedicated to my dad and uh, and talking about what we think makes a makes a really good hero. And you know, in his case, it was it was definitely uh, he was the one who inspired me um, to to always want to you know try and help other people as much as I can, um, as far as putting myself out there. Um, and it it was just amazing to see how many people came to his funeral. And and showed up in support of just to see how many lives he had touched. It was unbelievable the the, the amount of support that I saw on Facebook and uh, you know phone calls and everything was just unbelievable. So I really want to thank everybody for for um, reaching out and, and and saying things like that. And it was just uh, 
it was awesome because it was a it was a really really crappy couple of weeks you know and it's it's still going to be crappy but uh you know he really believed in um he really liked listening to me talk about what I was going to do with this show he didn't know anything about video games at all like he knew Mario and he w- watched me play a demo of Tomb Raider one time and he act- like it was the first time he actually sat back and like watched me play to- a video game was uh, was with Tomb Raider. Now, whether it had to do with the girl on the screen or the actual game, I don't know. But, you know, he was actually, like, you know, into the actual game, too, which was kind of neat. Um, and uh, regardless of whether he was into it or not, he was always very, very supportive, um, you know, beyond when I would make bad grades and they'd have to take it away, take my PlayStation away for, you know, a couple of days until I got something up. But uh, they were very, very supportive. Both my parents were even if they didn't fully understand it. And I, I can't, you know, I can't express into words how much that meant to me growing up, especially since there were, I mean, there's plenty of times, you know, as a video game player, you think to yourself, like, am I really doing anything that's productive at all? You know, I mean, and maybe I'm not <laughs> quite frankly, I could not be, but the fact is doing this made me happy. And he saw that. And because of that, he supported it. Mm-hmm. And that means more to me than anything. So, uh, Dad, I love you, and uh, I, I hope this. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and and getting to hear about uh, about heroes because he was definitely uh, definitely my biggest one. Um, so look forward to episode number eighty five, guys, and uh, we're gonna be talking two thousand fifteen. Big big year for gaming. Um, nah, I, yeah, bull crap, dude. <laughs> I had a hard time putting that list together, but uh, it's it should be a good one. So uh, yeah, contributors and anybody else by all means. Shoot us an email, frozennordpodcast at gmail.com, uh, with your recording, with your email, anything about your game of the year 2015, and we will get it on the air for you. So with that, I think we're going to call it for today. Um, you got anything else? Hey, uh, just go out there and do something heroic this week. There you go. All right. With that then, this is the Frozen North signing off for episode number 84. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. And as always, keep on gaming. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare. <laughs>